Uh, okay, folks, we're going to start the podcast now. This is episode number seven, the Life is Sweet podcast. Yeah. John and Jill. Hello. Coming at you from beautiful Lord Roberts, Manitoba. It is... Lord Roberts, Manitoba. Lord Roberts, Manitoba. The place everyone knows. That everyone's heard of. Our small neighborhood within a small neighborhood. Within a larger riding within the city of Winnipeg. Yeah, that place. That's where we are. And it is Sunday, September 26th, Something, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It is still scorching outside. It's beautiful. Uh, well... It's the end of September. It's the end of September, and it's pretty warm. It's pretty good. I have... Uh, my weather app is not working. <laughs> I think it's fine. I've been outside, and I can tell you that it's nice. Plus 21. We have some... We have plus 29 on Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, no. That's too what hot. What is going on? No. Here? No to that, please. Thank you. We'll see if we survive that. I guess uh, first place to start, uh, cat update, as per last episode and our discussion of uh, our mission to acquire a cat, but pretty smoothly, actually. Yeah, pretty smoothly. Do you want to tell the story? We got a cat. Yeah, the cat is acquired. The cat is uh, snoring beside me right now on the couch. Um, Yeah, so we, uh, September 1st, I was like, all right, I've waited time to cat so we went um we went to the pet stores first just because they're a little more accessible um than some of the shelters so we went to the uh pet land on pemina and they had a couple cats uh but nothing that sort of said us um there was like i think there was really only like two cats there weren't that many cats. There was a dearth of cats. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, okay, well, we'll go to another pet land. We went to the one on McGilvery, um, beside the Costco. Zero cats. Out of cats. Fresh out of cats. Fresh out of cats, folks. So They're it, waiting a new shipment from the cat factory. Uh, the Humane Society, otherwise known as the Cat Factory. Um, so we figured it was weekday, and I was still on... Um, I, hadn't, I wasn't back to school yet, so... Uh, we figured a weekday in the middle of the day wouldn't be too busy at the Humane Society, so we decided to go check them out. Um, and it wasn't very busy, so they had a kind volunteer that took us around the cat condo area. I remember she was very good. Mm-hmm. I want to point her out specifically. Lovely she woman. She was extremely yeah. lovely. I forget her name, and we'll probably never see her again, but uh, she seemed like just the type of older lady who should be looking after cats in the human Absolutely, society. yeah. But just the one just the one you want. Yeah, so she took us around. Um there a lot of the cats that were there, which I mean makes sense, but a lot of the cats that were there were pretty shy. Uh there was like they were either like banana crazy kittens or like hiding in their boxes in the rooms, um, sort of cats that were probably not socialized or had been abandoned young or something like that. Um, and then there was one little guy 
uh, as we were coming around. All this. So this is like a little um, alcove. There's little rooms. The doors to the rooms have like full length windows in them. Um, and this little guy was standing up at the window, peeking out, uh, watching us. And so we went into the room to visit him. And he was a little black kitten. Um, picked him up immediately. Purring, affectionate, uh, just a friendly little guy. So we were like, oh, this is a nice one. Uh, but we wanted to go see all the cats. So we were in seeing another cat, which was hiding uh, and did not want to come out. And as we were coming out of the room, I spotted um, another prospective adopter and her daughter, a woman and her daughter looking for cats. And they were like moving. They'd seen this little black kitten in the door that we had just seen. And they were moving towards him, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know. Something in my brain just was like... You just beelined over to that, to that <laughs> I, door, and you blockaded them. I speed-walked <laughs> past them. Uh, I did my best, like, middle schooler, not running down the hallway move, uh, walking at the fastest uh, possible polite speed, and, like, intercepted and got my hand on the doorknob. And I think the volunteer lady who was with us... She played along with you. She saw she what was you. happening, and she, uh, she really, uh, yeah, she came in, and she's like, "Oh, do you want this kitten? Do you want to adopt this kitten?" And I just looked at John, and I was kind of like, "This one?" <laughs> and he gave me the nod. Uh, so I was like, "Yes, we would like this kitten." Um, and so it was really the only cat um, there that seemed. I don't know, kind of sparked joy, for lack of a better word. Um, we didn't really go see the cats in, like, the little cubicles or anything like that. Um, kind of went with my gut a little bit on that. And, uh, yeah, so we we picked him out. Um, we were able to adopt him that day, which was nice. He had just been fixed and got his shots, so he was good to go. Um, and we brought him home, um, and he's been here ever since, so start of September, he's been here almost a month, uh, eating, getting bigger, um, he has a bit of a, like, conjunctivitis, so his eye has cleared up nicely, um, but he's just made himself immediately at home, he is just a friendly guy, your pal immediately, um, He's lots of energy. Um, took us a couple of days to name him. We couldn't decide on a name. Yeah, it was hard to name him. There was a bunch of... We had a bunch of names floating around. And my approach to like naming stuff is to not impose a name on something. <laughs> you just have to feel it out and see what comes naturally through trial and error. So there are a couple that we um, sort of tried out but didn't stick. And uh, finally landed on uh, on a name because he's a little black uh, bat-faced cat. Mm-hmm. Um, very kind of like spooky-ish. I know spooky is a popular black cat name. His name is not spooky. No. But uh, we thought it fit with... Have uh, you seen the movie uh, What We Do in the Shadows? There's... Uh, Jermaine Clement? Yeah, yeah. His character is named Vlad. Yes. Right? 
he turns into cats and always gets the faces wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So thought that was a funny name for a little black bat-faced cat. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, so his name is Vlad. Yeah. Lil Lil Vladdy. Lil Vladdy. Um, our our neighbor. Vladimir. Yeah, our neighbor. Um, fed him while we were away for the weekend. Um, and he's about two and a half, and he calls him Vladdy Vladdy. Vladdy Vladdy, the Vladster, the Vladinator. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we both did well. We acquired a cat. Um, we both liked the cat. Easy peasy. Uh, we've grown as people since the last time one of us acquired a cat. <laughs> so this is a, a much uh, easier, nicer process. Jill's been much better about it <laughs> this time around. Yeah, I haven't than last time. Haven't around. unilaterally brought home any cats this time. This was a, a consensus cat. We did consent to this. You did look at me. And allow me to consent and give the nod, which is all that I ask. <laughs> and ever, at any point. <laughs> so I appreciate that she's respected my process. <laughs> because it's important to me that yeah. I am validated in this way. <laughs> it's all that I ask. You can, do, you can do whatever you want to me. I'm extremely easygoing. If you, <laughs> if you gave my consent first <laughs> consent is important folks it is <laughs> yes <laughs> in cats as in all things so yeah we've we've had uh he's a lot of fun a lot of energy it's been a while since i had a kitten um our last you know couple of cats have been acquired as adults actually all the other cats we've had like as a couple in the last 10 years have been acquired as adults um, Gene had a bit of kitten energy. He was only a year when I got him, but um, not like the full out kitten energy. So we've uh, been trying to stock up on some toys, make sure this guy runs his energy out because otherwise he kind of just goes off like a little air raid siren, um, trying to keep him occupied. But uh, yeah, he's just, uh, he's very, he's very affectionate. He's already got a little personality. Um yeah, I think that was one of that was that was the thing that I noticed right away, even at the um, Humane Society. Uh, cats take a little while for for them to develop souls <laughs> to get enough like uh, experience in the world to uh, to develop a soul that inhabits their corporeal form. And he came with he had a soul right away. Yeah, this little cat. He was in a, a foster home. He'd only been in the Humane Society for like. A cup, like a day, maybe even. He just come back from fostering, so I think his foster family did some really good work with him uh, before he was back to the Humane Society to be adopted. And he barely lasted a day. It must have been quite the day for him. He did really good, uh, considering that he'd just been transported to the Humane Society, fixed, stuck in a room with this really decrepit old female cat, and then scooped up and taken to our house. Uh, he very very chill about it i think the main society lady said that he had literally been put in that room like 10 minutes ago yeah so we'll say like an hour less yeah. than an hour yeah so he wouldn't have lasted that he wouldn't have lasted no more. i think if that other if that woman and her daughter had like picked him up uh he would have been a goner so yeah we scooped him up i'm kind of i'm rubbing his belly right now he's 
uh, he still kind of has that like kitten sleepiness where they don't really care what you do. Um, yeah, he oh. conks out pretty good. Yeah, and he had a good uh, good session with the uh, bird. Yeah, the this morning the bird toy very good. Uh, would recommend keeps him ber- very occupied. Extremely. Uh, thanks to David for uh, <laughs> for recommending the bird mm-hmm. as a good cat toy. Yeah, it certainly is. is doing the job absolutely so we got the cat um i'm back teaching in school so getting used to that again um it's very good i really like being back in the classroom with the kids uh but it's been i mean it's definitely been the summer plus the several months of remote learning since I've been in a classroom with like a full a full class of kids um and this year my class sizes are all up between 26 and 30 kids so um just getting used to that level of energy output and you know uh getting used to getting 30 kids all doing the same thing at once again um I've got really nice students so like it it's a lot of fun and very nice, but uh, who have not put out that much energy in quite some time. So taking a little bit, a uh, little bit longer to recharge, but it doesn't feel bad or anything. It just feels like getting back into back into energy shape. Got to get back up to up to your fighting weight. Mm-hmm. They should re- have like a training camp for uh, teachers. Before school. No, thank you. No, no, <laughs> like I'd, rather, for, uh, no, I'd rather. I'd uh, rather get get into shape uh, on the ground. <laughs> no, no cutting into summer, please. <laughs> um, that's the regeneration phase. But um, is it back to normal? Is the pandemic over in, uh, in school no, yet? No, I mean not completely because we're um, kids are still wearing masks. We're still wearing masks. Um, as much as possible, we're keeping the fives and sixes distanced. Um, it's really tough because there's been budget cuts um, under this government um, the whole time. So we've gone down at least one full-time teacher. We probably should have another full-time teacher in grade five. We've got 30 kids in each grade five class. Um, and if you've ever, you know, dealt with a crowd of 10-year-olds, that's quite a few of them in one group. Um, and uh, so my grade one of the grade fives i teach are actually two of them they're in actually the basement cafeterias of the school because their classrooms are just too small to really separate them out holy smokes yeah so they're uh one is in the big cafeteria really spread out uh it's very strange to have like such a spread out group of kids um and then the other ones in the small cafeteria and so they are a little bit closer together um and it's a very echoey room so i can actually hear my i'm very loud and so i can hear my voice being continually bounced back at me from the back wall um and then the third group of grade fives that i teach just one class to um are in the library and so the library kind of has these like little nooks and crannies um so i can't always see all the kids at once um so it's kind of strange that way for the sevens and eights a lot of things are are 
kind of back to normal. Um, they're still wearing masks, but they're not cohorted. Like, they can interact with any other seven-eighths that they want. Um, and we are back to being able to do some extracurriculars. Like, there's sports happening. Um, we're able to do sort of these clubs during the day. So I'm, I have kids coming in for crafting club. Um, so it's it's a mixed bag at the moment. Um, so we'll see kind of how that goes, um, through as, as the year goes on. So kind of back to normal. Um, but still because I'm dealing, I, I mostly teach the grade fives. It's still, still some restrictions and and regulations and stuff. Yeah, totally. But uh, it seems like the kids are pretty, uh, pretty good with it. Yeah. They, 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 they wear their masks. So you have a few, that, you know, have trouble keeping them on their face. I, and I, I can't blame the grade fives who are, are really spread out because they're, they're quite far away from other kids um, where their desks are. So I, I can't blame them for, like, you know, pulling it down when they're working on something. Um, but uh, our, our ventilation system isn't up and running yet either. So. That's what I was going to ask. You, no. Your ventilation system is not running? Not yet. No, it's still being installed. It's a big behemoth. Isn't it important to have moving air to uh, stop the spread of the uh, the airborne pathogens or whatever? Yeah, I mean, Isn't this that is kind a, of, uh, the uh, most necessary thing. Yeah. So, I mean, they started this uh, over the summer. It's a it's a pretty big retrofit. It's a huge system. Um, but, so are they uh, are they in the process of oh, upgrading? Yeah. It? No. No. They installed a whole oh, new in- system. They're, they installed a whole new system. It's a whole new system that was and put is in. Is pandemic related that you're getting a new uh, HVAC system? Um, probably, they're probably using, that's probably where the money for it has come from. But the school has long needed um, an HVAC update because the old portion of the school um, does not have updated like there's no air conditioning, um, the heating's all wonky, um, and then the only part of the school that has like uh, sort of properly functioning ventilation is the new, like the one small new wing, which is the one that I'm in. Um, but yeah, for right now they're still installing it. It's a huge, big, monstrous machine thing. Um, there's still lots of workers at the school um, installing it. So yeah, hopefully that that's going on and in sorry, uh, being turned on soon, but, um, yeah, it's almost October. Yeah. Winter is coming. coming. Yeah. (laughs) Well, who knows? Maybe, uh, the heat wave will just not end and uh, we won't won't have winter this year. So you can just keep, honestly, it'd be fine because, because there's no air moving. It's actually very hot in the school. It's very stifling. Um, so I don't mind if it gets cooler. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I'm, ba- I'm back at work. John's back to keeping the house running and working on projects. Yeah, it's the end of the farm season, so my uh, my part-time job at the farm is going to be ending in a week. Um, but it's uh, it's good to get back into a sort of like the normal uh, swing of things with uh, Jill outside of the house. Feels like I can start to catching up on some more things around the house. The endless renovation <laughs> continues. A couple small projects on the go. I'm making some shelves for my mom. I'm tr- And I'm trying to uh, try my hand at uh, finishing a guitar body that I got. So 
those are some projects that I'm doing. And also, I'm a cat dad now, so yeah, I'm a stay-at-home important, cat dad. Very important. Very important stay-at-home cat dad job. Um, but actually, very important work that John does, keeping the house running while I'm at school. Um, I'm very useless at also doing housework while I am working. Um, I'm not overly useful at it at other times. <laughs> um, so John really keeps us keeps us going here. Um, yep. We're, it's very uh, nice. Full um, gender role swap in the household, <laughs> uh, which is good, which is what I It's want what we're good at, yeah. And like, I want to be at home. I don't want to have a job. Uh, Jill, I'm like cleaning and cooking and uh, puttering around and working on uh, projects around the house. It is all I want to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, it's great. Yeah, it works out. Jill doesn't like to do any of that stuff. I she likes likes to go. Yeah. She likes to go be out and have a job and uh, make make the bacon, <laughs> and uh, yeah, come home and and uh, chill and relax and uh, rejuvenate. I I do enjoy cooking and cleaning when I'm not super busy, but. Um... I have to be in the the right mind space. And I also, I get so easily distracted by like, uh, oh, I could go sew something or do make something. Um, I worry about you if I leave you on your own for a couple days. <laughs> I was I'm, out at the lake with my brother for a couple days and I was like, what's Jill going to do? Well, just to anyone listening, I lived alone for many years before this and did not die of exposure. So um, it's nice that he's worried, but I am capable of doing these things, I can... Uh... No, you're pretty skinny when I met you. you uh... <laughs> That's because I had to walk to work every day. I don't know. It didn't uh, didn't seem like you were doing doing so hot. <laughs> but it's okay. I found you. I, I nursed you back to health. Uh-huh. I, I gave you a place to... A safe, warm place to... Oh, my God. <laughs> to, uh, to bed down. And I was not grow. a kitten in the bot, like in a box in the street. I did have I my own apartment. I rescued you like you rescued Jean from folks. The I had my own apartment. <laughs> the dumpster apartment. <sighs> <It> <laughs> no, was your nice. your apartment was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, house on Maryland. Yeah. With that a Russian lady. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been getting back into routines. Um, but we did do something different this fall. Something we'd never done before. Yeah, we went to uh, see the Sadies at the uh, the Blue Note Park by the times change. Wait, no. That's not what you're referring to. No. That's one of the things that we did this this month, though, and it was a great concert. The Sadies, yeah. The Sadies rule. It was wonderful. Maybe Blue Note Park, we had some like delicious uh, hot dogs, sat outside. I do have to say, I like music inside better than outside. Well, this will feed into the next thing we're yeah. going to talk about. But, like, the Sadies are good. They're mm-hmm. one of my favorite live bands. So much better inside the bar in the tightly packed, cramped audience that's claustrophobic. And uh, I don't like crowds or anything uh, at the best of times. But, like, I will gladly go see a great rock band in a bar and be crushed, physically crushed by strangers. <laughs> uh, no problem. Whereas I'll have to like 
psych myself up to go to the mall uh, to see uh, other other human beings, and that's a different thing. But outside is still good. It's a different experience. You don't get that immersive. It doesn't feel like you're, no. you're getting like fully bodily immersed in no. the experience. The sound dissipates. It's an. It was, it's still nice. Yeah. Picnic tables and hot dogs and yeah, Mercedes is. Good. It's as nice as it could be, um, especially with like how numbers are going in other places. Um, so it was really nice to be thankful, able to do that. Yeah, yeah, to see, to have the experience to see music. Yeah, we do have indoors music now. Again, I think it just started out, but we uh, we haven't done indoors music yet. It's just a symptom of the disease. If I don't turn Um, Let's see when that happens. We did a. Uh, do you want to segue? Well, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna do a, a little, a little sidestep into the next thing. Yeah, it's all right. Do you have another thing to add? No, I was gonna segue by saying we uh, we saw a lot more outdoors music. That's true. The week after last weekend, we went out to uh, Clearwater, Manitoba, and uh, took in the Harvest Moon Festival. Yeah. So um, a friend of mine runs one of the volunteer crews for the first time i should say yeah both both of us us. neither of us have been um i've always wanted to go but it's so close to the start of school that i've never um i mean this is my first year working as a permanent teacher so it was and i'm just a lot more confident in what i'm doing i'm teaching the subjects i'm teaching this year i know what i'm doing i planned i'm i'm good to go um and uh, a friend of mine yeah she she runs one of the volunteer crews for what uh harvest moon texted asked hey we need two more people do you and john want to come and volunteer and when you volunteer you get to come to the the festival for free they feed you delicious food um you have to be on duty for about eight hours and then you're good for the rest of the weekend so i said yes um took a personal day from work had one left over, and yeah, we've we've driven through Clearwater a few times. Um, it's always a beautiful part of Manitoba to drive through um, that area, and uh, a friend of mine is from Pilot Mound as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so we we went out. Um, our tour of duty was right away. I enjoyed the that area very much so because I grew up in the Red River Valley, which right. is just nothing but flat. Yeah. Flat, 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 flat. You stay here your entire life. You don't realize that there's like elevation in Manitoba. The Manitoba is actually extremely varied in geography. Yeah. And uh, there's we have hills and like some valleys decent, and decent elevation. We have everything that the rest of the world 
has, except for like snow-capped peaks, basically. Yeah. Um, but you forget that, so it's always a tr- treat to get out of the basin, out of the bathtub, yeah. and uh, into into some hills. Yeah, so Clearwater is a little town. Um, It's just sort of on the edge of a valley uh, outside uh, Pilot Mound, Le Rivier. Um, Just a little valley sort of area. Especially in the fall. Yes, yeah. Because we're in like the peak of fall colors right now. Yeah. Um, Spectacular. And it's a little town where... um, they they used to have an elementary school, but it's de- been decommissioned, um, and they've turned it into sort of the Harvest Moon Society, um, an organization that supports uh, local producers and um, education about sort of growing sustainable food and things like that. And so um, they do lots of workshops out there. They do lots of work at the at the school turned into Harvest Moon's sort of headquarters. Um, and then there's a little restaurant, um, lots of little artisans in the, in the town. Um, so yeah, we went out, we got our tent quickly set up, um, right out behind the school by the gardens, just a nice little spot. And then we were on gate duty for eight hours straight, uh, which was okay. It was pretty busy, but it was very cold that evening. It was actually pretty pretty chilly so it wasn't working we were working yeah we we earned it's it like a two almost two thousand people attending this festival yeah one gate into the, into the campground yeah two people working it our, our crew had like four people plus mm-hmm. like our crew chief murray um say thanks to murray for inviting us out and putting, yeah. putting us on your crew it was a really fun experience but it was work <laughs> but they do you do work Oh yeah, <laughs> when you're when you're a volunteer, um, and I th- and I think like it was the best uh, possible um, situation given the circumstances of ha- of needing proof of vaccination yeah. to access the festival, including the campground uh, zone. So we had to sh- like shuttle. People are used to just going through the gate and getting yeah, people, getting set up. Yeah, but now you have to show proof of vaccination first before you can access the campground. And that was us. That was what me and Jill were doing. We were shuttling people, directing people to the proof of vaccination table. Yeah. Then they can come get their stuff, go back into the back into the campground. So there was there was a lot of that going on. Eight hours. I'm telling you, I'm an introvert, <laughs> huge introvert. Like I've said numerous times. Excuse me. Front-facing jobs, not for me. Not retail person. I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to see them. Let alone, let alone like a, a river of 2,000 people coming at me for eight hours. That said, I think it's pretty... I, I think we handled it pretty well, and I'm pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did for, well, dear. For getting through it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm... I used to volunteer at the West End Cultural Center um, and some of those shows, you know, you have hundreds of people coming in um, where you're checking IDs and tickets and uh, people are coming in and out. Um, occasionally, if it's a hot enough show, people are trying to sneak in. Um, so I, I've had sort of experience with that where you end up memorizing um, everyone who's there that night. Um, so for me, it was just sort of a flashback to that. Um, but it was it was a lot of standing as well. We were standing for eight hours. Um, 
and it was quite cold. Sort of by the end of it, we were just sort of like hovering near the fire. <laughs> we did uh, switch off a couple times with uh, with our crewmates, yeah. uh, Melody and Delph. Delph, yeah. Yeah, and they were great. And uh, so we got, uh, we weren't on the gate the whole time. We got to do some uh, some campground yeah. wandering. And uh, with uh, we got to hang out at the bonfire a couple times. A uh, big bonfire setting set up throughout the campground. Uh, that's uh, what, where people were gathered and were hanging out and socializing. Good feeling of camaraderie. Yeah, and uh, and positive vibes there. Yeah, at so the campfires, and then we kind of we got our sort of our work done on. Um, kind of got our work done on Friday, and then we were sort of free for Saturday and Sunday. Um, so we were able to, and, and not to mention, yeah, it's like delicious, like home cooked, fresh food that they feed you. Yeah. So it's not completely for free. I mean, we got into the, we were able to go to the festival for free. Um, and that included camping and being fed and free food. Yeah. Pretty good deal. Honestly, it's a good deal for eight hours of, of service. Um, and so Saturday we were able to, um, like I got up before John, uh, got some breakfast and, um, they have little workshops throughout the day too. So I, I went to a workshop about bats, um, and learned that you can get a little bat detector that you can plug into your phone that will pick up the high pitched sonar. Uh, You're talking about bats, the animal. Bats, the animal. Not bats, the baseball bat no not bats for no sports not not a baseball bat yes the animal bats um i don't know people might not might not know (laughs) that you mean the animal bats they would have eventually (laughs) why would you need a bat detector they're i did say i did say sonar um I know the sonar would have probably been the first clue. <laughs> so the yeah, so you can get a little um, detector that will pick up the bat sonar, um, and it'll tell you what species you're hearing. Um, apparently, like here in in the city, we get migratory bats, which are a little bit bigger. But if you're going out um, into places like the white shell or forests, um, and there's the native Manitoba bats, they're pretty small. Uh, so they're not always very easy to see. The bat scientists said it, they're kind of like little fuzzy toonies. They're just little. Um, they're little, little rodents. Little brown bats. They're little, uh, yeah. Little shrews with wings. Yeah. So, uh, but they, yeah, learned some bat facts. Um, I want a bat detector now. Um, and then there was. Um, yeah, and then we went and saw some music, hung out, uh, there was a little market that we checked out as well. Yeah, this was all on Saturday. Little, uh, yeah, little crafts and vendor market. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You did, there was another workshop that we saw that was uh, Saturday. Yeah, that was sort of at the like the 
for supper, I guess. Um, there was a workshop on reconciliation um, and the land, and that was really good. The speaker was awesome. Got a chance to talk to him a little bit. Um, what was his name? David Scott. Um, he's an elder. Uh, he's worked in in policy um, and indigenous governance uh, for his whole life. It sounded like we missed the first part um, of his talk, but kind of caught the end. Uh, and that was really good. We saw some really good music during the day. Um, really enjoyed um, Roger That Hank, um, a Roger Miller and Hank Williams cover band who were delightful. Okay, before you, after you stop laughing, Roger Miller, Hank Williams cover band, spectacularly good, way better than you might think if you d oh, they don't were wonderful. like country music. Yeah. Absolutely delightful. Mm -hmm. Super badass. Yeah. Uh, I'm more, more of a Hank guy than a Roger Miller guy. I think most people are. I didn't have a huge appreciation for Roger Miller other than like King of the Road. Yeah. And I think I'd heard that he had done the music for the Disney animated movie, uh, the Robin Hood movie with the yeah. fox mm -hmm. and the bears and the animals and, and whatnot. He did that. And did I say King of the Road? Yeah. yeah. People know King of the Road. Chuglug. Yeah. Wackadoo. Wackadoo. Yeah. Uh, really great fun stuff live. You can dance to it you can sing along mm -hmm. and uh even like um what's the word deceptively like deceptively like clever yeah uh no really good songs really yeah. really good songs but i'm sure yeah roger miller fans already know this stuff but roger miller <laughs> um and the band was was really good they're sort of like a like a super group um so lots uh just sort of um regular winnipeg musicians from other bands playing together i'm Just, looking forward to seeing them around town yeah, yeah absolutely uh, i want to see some i want to i want to go to a dive bar and see some hank williams music oh absolutely yeah on on a weekend in the winter time yeah so that was great um didn't party too hard uh saturday night personally i was uh I was kind of I was kind of there for like the daytime vibes uh, myself. Like I I got to hang out hang out with some friends, um, talk to people at the market, other people who make stuff. Got to listen to some music, eat some food, learn about bats and and other things. Um, and I was kind of I was kind of done with my day by the evening. Um, John had sort of a lot last wander around. I thought I'd be done a little earlier too because like after uh, after Friday the long shift on friday i was pretty exhausted yeah. saturday morning we didn't stay up super late on friday we didn't like uh consume uh, copious substances or anything no i We're can't just like so. <laughs> oh yeah you can't i i didn't either just because like yeah we worked yeah we're tired yeah we were, to bed. we were done and uh so saturday still still pretty still pretty tired um but yeah jill went to bed early and uh, i just had like a little a little wander around by myself and uh took uh took a trip over to the uh the main stage and uh watched 
uh, I don't know, 90s girl group cover band. Yeah. Uh, and then sort of the last day there was, um, I don't know, we just kind of got up and I I had breakfast again. I think John did not quite get to the breakfasts. Or no, Sunday was kind of leftovers. They just put like whatever food was left over out um, and some coffee. Uh, Saw lots of like people that I like, it was kind of nice just to see like people that I know um, that I don't see very regularly and just chat with them, just sitting around um, drinking coffee. Uh, I knew some other people who were volunteering um, and uh the market was back on, but we just kind of like, we kind of packed it in and headed home early on, on Sunday. Our beloved tent uh, has mostly bitten the dust after this. This was, uh, it was very windy one of the days, super, super windy. And um, one of the poles uh, bit it, uh, broke into one of the sections, broke into four. Um, but I've had that tent since I was, I think like, I want to say I was 19 when I bought it. So it really owes me nothing. Uh, it's it's $40 tent from Superstore that's lasted 15 years. So truly. I think you got your money's worth. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's been all over the continent. Yes. Um, yeah, it's put its, uh, it's put its work in. We have another $40 Superstore tent that I had. So we'll, <gasps> like... Combine the two. See what see what we can do. I think we'll probably. I think my tent is in is in good shape. Yeah, um, I, so. I, th- I think we'll probably. I'll, I'm gonna keep my eye out for some. See if I can find any end of season sales. I'm feeling ready for. Um, I wouldn't mind one of those tents that has like the little like like atrium like leading into the tent where there's like a sheltered area where you can like put your shoes and stuff. Um, I don't know. Not like I don't need a super fancy tent. But uh, I don't want stuff that's going to take longer to set up. No, it's going to be more of a hassle. I don't want to set up more, oh. more things. It's, oh my! I already have so many things to set up. That's <laughs> because we're adults. Can uh, we just sleep under the stars? No, Can we just sleep I'm, in the back of the car. Li- no. <laughs> the last time you slept in the back of the car, you complained so much. It hurts. So we're too old. <laughs> yeah too old the back of the car is not long enough we have slept in it even when we were younger in our like when i was in my 20s and you were in your early 30s it was still very uncomfortable to sleep back there well i still want a tent though yes i don't want any campers no i I didn't say i was gonna go buy a camper on sale yeah i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just saying i want to stay stay tenting for as long as possible yeah no i'm i'm fine with staying tenting but um just a uh don't need a super super fancy pants tent but uh one of the ones that has like the little shelter in the front um kind of like the one kind of had one like that in iceland where it just has that extra flap that goes forward uh but yeah so we packed up headed back um and then we've just sort of been chugging along uh chug lug chug lug well that was last weekend so i can't we've just been chugging along since then it's only been a week Right? It's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. Since we got back, uh, I went back to the lake, to the white shell. Yeah, John's been <laughs> a couple, out. A couple days after. Um, left Jill here, gave her some uh, some John free time. <laughs> Needed some, some time to decompress from the festival. It's a lot of people. Yeah. 
gotta be honest, I wasn't feeling it a lot a lot of the time at the festival. Not nothing that the festival did wrong or anything, but uh, it's always a a practice. Uh, it's always a practice for me to tr- to uh, put myself out in the in those sorts of situations with loads of people, and we're getting a little bit older too. So maybe the festival. Uh, the Festival Express has maybe like left the station. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> for me. well, and I'm not. I'm more interested. I I was definitely more interested in the daytime activities. Like I'm not gonna be partying all night. Um, I don't really have that desire so much anymore. Um, I don't think I ever. Unless really it was, was like a really you know a band I really really enjoyed. Um. And not that they weren't, you know, good bands. It just wasn't anything that I was like, whoa, I need to be awake for this. Yeah. Yeah, me, really, me too. I have uh, I was never like a folk fest. We weren't a folk fest family. No. I didn't, I was never like a folk fest guy. I've been to other smaller festivals, um, but uh, only because my band was playing there, uh, mostly. Yeah. And uh, lots of people love the whole festival thing. I'm not a festival guy. I don't mind it once in a while, but... Um... Yeah, it was nice to be in Clearwater. Uh, it's a charming little town. They still have their elevator and yeah. a water, water tower, tower and a train bridge. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice to just wander around the town. I mean, we're both, neither of us are from a town that small. Yeah. Um, what I think is cool, though, um, just about Clearwater and the whole Harvest Moon thing mm-hmm. is that they are like an active community that is like actively. Uh, working to, um, I guess, to preserve the things in life that make that type of rural living uh, good for them. Yeah. Uh, things that they value. They use the the Harvest Moon Festival as a fundraiser for their programs and for maintaining local infrastructure, I believe. Yeah. And that type of like community spirit and togetherness is the thing that makes the world go round. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool that you have you can have a a little rural community that um is um that is cooperative mm-hmm. in spirit and cooperative and wants to do good in the world. Yeah. And is open to the world. If I was a bird and you was a fish what would we do? I guess we'd wish for a incarnation Incarnation. Wouldn't it be a sensation to come back to like from reincarnation? If I was a tree and you was a flower, what would we do? I guess we'd wait for the power of a reef. Incarnation reef. Incarnation. Wouldn't it be a sensation to come back to like from reincarnation? I love you, and don't you know I always will. You're a girl, I'm a boy, but suppose you was a rose and I was a whippoorwill. If I yeah, it kind of reminded me, um, like just the the feeling of being out there. Um, yeah, my hometown is a lot bigger, but my my grandparents, um, the town that my mom grew up in, was. It was actually smaller than Clearwater. Um, Clearwater's like four streets. Langbank's like two streets. Yeah, there's about, hardly There's about it. 30 or 40 people who live there. It's one of those like Saskatchewan prairie towns that like 
is not going to be around for very much yeah, longer. Yeah, uh, a the lot only, of them don't exist anymore. The only sort of thing they have is um, one of the guys my mom went to high school with invented the seed hawk, which is an uh, big air seeder tractor sort of thing. Um, but anyways. So there's there's a fac- there's a factory there, uh, but yeah, like my grandparents would when I was a kid, um, my b- grandparents were quite a bit older than maybe normal because my grandpa was forty and my grandma was thirty five when they had my mom. Um, so when I was a kid, they were already they'd already been retired for quite some time. They'd sold the farm, they were living in town, uh, but they would always take us out to like threshing day, um, like. Uh, there was always a threshing day where they would run run um, grain through the thresher. There'd be like activities for kids, like finding candy in the haystack. They'd demonstrate like rope making. You could go and like maybe a ride in a plane. That was your town's uh, big like summer festival thing. Not really. No, no. This is like kind of its own thing. Um, my, my grandparents would take us to that. Um, and then there was another one that they would take us to, um, I'm not even sure, I can't remember what the purpose of this one was, and I don't think it exists anymore, but it was just sort of like an old-timers festival, not even a festival, it was just, um, they, there was baseball, um, you, there was hot dogs, you just kind of ran around, played on hay bales, played baseball, um, it was just sort of like an older folks getting together sort of thing. So my grandparents would take us to some of these, some of these things. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very interesting to sort of have that vibe and then also listen to the speaker, um, talking about reconciliation and sort of indigenous like land use and, and policy, um, you know, the policy that cleared that land that allowed, our ancestors to come and to to flourish on on the stolen land so it was just yeah it was very um very interesting to to be out there and have these different things happening um at the same time um yeah and i i mean i have very good memories of of my grandparents and going out to small towns that they'd grown up in that weren't really towns anymore um and and doing these things that don't really exist anymore um, in those areas where I'm from. Yeah, I guess uh, I didn't have so much, I guess somewhat. The towns that I grew up in, in uh, the southern Red River Valley, in the Mennonite uh, Bible Belt, um, Landmark, Morris, uh, Niverville, those are the three towns that I grew up in, still exist. And are like thriving, <laughs> or growing. They're satellite communities of Winnipeg now. They're yeah suburbs basically. Uh, where you grew up, in Mooseman is also growing. It's a re- it's a it's own like sort of regional hub. But the towns around it yeah. are like are disappearing. Yeah. Um, and that that way of life is is disappearing, and the way of life in in the towns that I grew up in are is disappearing as well because they're now more so just uh just suburbs yeah basically so that like and that really that really changes the character of a place because its purpose goes from having like its own like self-contained 
uh, economy where every activity in town like has a has a role uh, to play. Everyone has a has a role in the local economy. Now it's just a place where um, like where office people come to sleep and put their kids. Yeah, and stuff. And that's a that's a different thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was nice to be out there. Uh interesting connections and sort of I don't know, we don't have any anything big on the horizon. Um I'm just still sort of plugging away. I'm I'm attempting some indigo dyeing today. Um I took the indigo extract that I made earlier this summer, sort of the more successful batch, um and have tried to make an indigo vat. Uh it's pretty weak. I think I'll probably just get a really light blue out of it. I won't get like the deep indigo blue out of it. Um, but uh, other than and just sort of making things, I don't really think we have anything big on the horizon. Um, just sort of, we're starting to sort of like nestle down, take down the garden, get ready for sort of fall and winter do you have any big big plans coming up dear no <laughs> no not really um i mean from october to december for me at work is pretty much a just a, a bit of a i don't know it's a it's a moving train that uh just trying to stay in front of so we don't have anything um Anything major planned going on? Yeah, well, I think we've rambled enough. So I think this will be like our last uh, sort of rambly summer summer update type episode, and we'll uh, we're gonna we're gonna plan like a theme episode for next time. We'll we'll give we'll give that another shot. Yeah, people liked our uh, our uh, conspiracy theory story <laughs> uh, story episode. It's by far the one that has the most most listens like by i don't know numbers of times so <laughs> had some personal requests that we do like another another theme i don't think we're going to do another conspiracy <laughs> no. theory one right away to be honest I don't conspiracy think I theories more, don't really more in the tank i don't really no. have more conspiracy theory stuff like <laughs> just kind of kicking around not really there's probably some more but it would have to come up in conversation we're yeah. not very conspiracy theory oriented people. No, uh, we are. That's really not our thing. It's just. It's kind of interesting. It's very popular right now. We understand, but it's really. It. It's not something we want to get into super much. No. If there is a conspiracy theory around, can you usually dig around and find out a little bit more, like why that's happening? Maybe we can explore some. Some more of like why cons where conspiracy theories come from or whatever at some point, but maybe like we like ghost stories or supernatural stuff, whatever. That's fun. Yeah, I mean or, we're uh, we're more um, like I don't know. We're we're getting into making things. We're I think we like to talk about where we come from and what our families are like and sort of yeah. the the life experiences that we ha that we've had. Um, the things that we make are kind of interesting too, but they're not really like all our lives either. So 
Yeah. I think as a theme, maybe we'll do something a little bit more like uh, origin story. Yeah, and we might Saturday. talk a little bit. Like John's been reading, um, like clearing the planes. Yeah, it's, that's something um, that I want to sort do. Sort of the National Truth and Reconciliation um, Day is this week. So in schools, we're doing a lot around Orange Shirt Day and talking about reconciliation. So I think that's that's a good topic. Um, yeah, John's been reading clearing the planes. I I've been reading braiding or I've read braiding sweetgrass. Um, so we might do. I would love to read clearing the planes as well um but uh, i think what i'm gonna do and talked about it with jill already i'm gonna try to do going into fall one extra podcast episode a month mm-hmm. that is going to be uh i don't have a title for it yet something <laughs> like john reads john's book club read along <laughs> with john uh john uh whatever and I'm going to start with uh, the book Clearing the Plains because um, this summer when the news about the uh, mass graves was coming out, mm-hmm. um, I was asking Jill what we had for like Indigenous history in the li- in our personal library. Do we have anything about Clearing the Plains? And Jill's <laughs> like, well, there's this book called Clearing the Plains. And I was like, uh, well, that should fit the bill. Yeah. Um, because um, I think we know a lot of us or all of us know the broad strokes about uh, what was happening before our uh, ancestors, before our great grandparents or great great grandparents or before our families arrived here. Yeah. What, what was going on anyway? How did that happen? How the, uh, there were indigenous people here um, and then we came here and now they're not here anymore. Yeah. So how did, what was that process like? How did that happen? Um, and so I'm going to start reading that book. If you want to start reading that, that book with me, um, you can start now. I think I'll try to get, I don't know how, how many chapters I'm going to do, but, uh, I'll be working on that in the next, in the next few weeks. And, uh, you can, you can read along with me. I'm a lay person. I don't have a university degree. I don't know much history. So you're going to, if you're also a lay person, we can. We're just going to be reading it from like an ordinary layperson's perspective, and uh, maybe Jill is going to hang out I'm with us. I'm far enough away from my Bachelor of Arts that I've reverted back. <laughs> to maybe. Being... It's, maybe it's just a good refresher because I think like it's extremely important to be able to talk about our history and our lives and where we come from in an ordinary way, in ways that everyone. Uh, can understand and so that's what i'm going to try to do through my own slightly sort of skewed uh personality or lens i'm going to try i'm going to try to try to read clearing the plants yeah and uh yeah we don't know all we'll I'm find gonna out keep, when that's uh, going to be doing my little projects and uh have that to talk about but um yeah other than that that's kind of what's been going on in september so we hope you've enjoyed the rambling. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Little Vlad is just uh, climbed up on me. There we go. Anywho, we're going to wrap this up. Hope you uh, enjoyed this last episode. I hope you're also up to uh, interesting things. Have a good fall. Enjoy the uh, blistering hot uh 
rest of summer that is going to be October. And we'll see you on the beach in November. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we'll see you in, in October. Uh, in a couple weeks. We'll uh, stay, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You're dead and out of this world. You'll never get a second chance Plan all your moves in advance Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead Stay dead and out of this world Run fast, don't stand in the fire There's too much work to be done You're down, you're down, you're down You're down and out of this world Talk with your eyes Make sure that you compromise You're dead, you're dead, you're dead You're dead and out of this world Hear the unloved weeping like rain Guard your sleep from the sound of their pain Long gone, long gone, long gone, long gone And out of this world When you smile and it tears your face, it's time for the inhuman race. You're down, you're down, you're down, you're down and out of this world. Now your hope and compassion is gone, you've sold out your dream to the world. Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead, you're dead and out of this world.